Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Ah, welcome. Uh, you're listening to Living Free Show on 3CR on Community Radio, 85 kilohertz on your AM dial. Thanks to the Ruminations crew for another great show, um, highlighting issues around homelessness. Uh, my name's Bill, and this week we have our Radiothon show. Uh, that means we're trying to raise $1,000. Let's go. We've got three guests today. Um, I'd like to introduce them. Uh, we've got David from Alcoholics Anonymous. Morning, afternoon. I'm David. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have Yvonne from Gamblers Anonymous. Hello. And we've got Drew from Narcotics Anonymous. Hi, Bill. Thanks for having us. Having, thanks for coming on the show. And we also have a guest, Astrid, who will say hello. Hello, listeners. <laughs> and Astrid's going to come on. And she's going to help us help us with the present presenting the show over time. Um, so. Um, Thanks for coming in today to help on the uh, Radiothon. I uh, hope together we can encourage listeners to financially support Leaving Free and keep 3CR on the air for another year. Uh, the radio theme, Radiothon theme this year is Fight for Your Mic, and that pretty much sums up Living Free. By sharing recovery stories, we're talking about changing lives for alcoholics, gamblers and food and drug addicts and their families. My guests volunteer their time to share their, their experience in dealing with the effects of alcohol, gambling, food and drugs in their lives and to help you understand the nature of the problem and its possible solutions. Remember, your, your support will keep our message of hope on the airwaves. Um, so I, I guess we're talking about how radio is a positive influence, uh, spreading the message about what's available to help people recover from drugs, alcohol, food and gambling addictions and how to help families recover too. So I guess I thought I'd start with you, Dave, um, talking about Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, how, did, how did you find AA and what, what's it done for you? Well, um, AA is something I, um, I sort of avoid for, avoided for a while. You know, um, I knew I had a problem with drinking, and, but I thought I could fix it on my own. And I'd sort of heard, heard a bit about AA, but my problem was I didn't know anyone who'd recovered and I drank for 17 years, and the last three years of that was trying desperately to stop drinking. And I was trying everything I knew how and trying to get some help and stuff. Um, but I didn't really know anyone who'd actually been through the same or similar things to me and actually got out the other side and recovered. And that's what I found when I eventually uh, went to AA. I found I heard people telling their stories about about their alcoholism and then how about, how about then about how they got well. And that was really important to me. And I think that's a really fundamental part of AA or any 12-step program is, is to get that initial uh, identification. I'm not alone. I'm not the only person with this huge problem with alcohol. Um, and then to realise... And, you know, I, I was meeting people with the similar problems when I was going into detoxes and hospitals and I was drinking with people who drink, drank just as bad, badly as me. So I've got that identification. But... I didn't know anyone who'd actually overcome the problem, okay? So I needed to hear those stories, you know? I needed to hear those stories from people who'd, you know, been through that same thing and then found a way out of it. And the amazing thing in AA is that I found then people, not only were they telling me their stories, they were willing to help me out, 
you know, and, and give me some, give me their experience about what they needed to do in order to stop drinking. And part of the deal was, you know, if you get well in AA, well, the deal is uh, your job is then to pass that on to the next person. And I find my, the most powerful thing I, can, I have to help someone else, in fact, to help me, is to tell my story to the next person, this, this story about what alcoholism is, what, 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 what it's like to have this thing. See, I don't drink like most people. You know, most no. people, most people can drink alcohol and don't have a problem. And they can stop. They can control it. They can slow down. They can switch to water. They can have one or two and then stop. But I never could do that. Right? Whenever I started drinking, it tended to go out of control. Okay. And when people started talking about that in AA, oh, hang on, that's me. That's that's why I'm always the last to leave the party. That's why I'm why I'm preloading and drinking before the party. You know, all those types of things. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. that's me. Right. Okay. Um, Yvonne, um, Gamblers Anonymous is a little bit different from AA and NA in that there's nothing, there's no physical thing that you're grabbing onto. Yeah. So um, why did you feel the need to go to Gamblers Anonymous? Well, for me, it was, um, you know, gambling out of control. Knowing, knowing something was wrong, you know, what I was doing wasn't normal, it wasn't what other people were doing, um, not that I saw anyway. Um, and I thought I was the only one doing what I was doing. Uh, you know, gambling all night, working all day, uh, you know, got to the point where I was, you know, stealing from work and just to keep gambling. And it was, um, you know, I thought, you know, every time I'd leave, I'd say never again, never again. And the next day I'd find some money and I'd be back again. Um, So for me, it was, you know, finally getting that call from the ex-boss that sort of got me to tell people, you know, it was all in the closet. No one really knew what I was doing or what I was up to. And uh, having then told the family, it was my brother that got me to my first meeting of uh, Gamblers Anonymous uh, back in 2002. And, um, you know... Similar thing, walking into a room, not knowing... Well, for me, it was not knowing about the fellowship. I hadn't heard of Gamblers Anonymous. I'd heard of AA but really didn't know what that was about either. Um, But, you know, walking into the room and then hearing my story from other people, um, hearing that they'd done similar things, felt similar things, and for the first time in a really long time, I realised I wasn't the only one. You know, it was that that hope that that I'd felt in that room that, you know, that was at my first meeting that, that kept me going. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So what's it like having a home group? What do they do for you? It's fantastic. It's yeah. like having a little family outside of your own family that don't, don't judge don't you. Criticize you. <laughs> <laughs> don't judge you. Just accept you for who you are and warts and all. And um, you know, it's it's just somewhere safe and and you know, it, it's comforting. It's something you look forward to. Uh, having a regular home group each week. You know, um, still doing other meetings during the week as well. But that's you know my special spot. Um, you know, where, where you know everyone, you know how their families are going, um, you know, and that sort of thing. And it, it, it does, it becomes like a family over time, you know, once you get to know people and people come and people go and you still have that core group that sticks, sticks around, that's there every week without fail and it's just, it's comforting. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Uh, well, listen, we are running a radiothon, so I should mention, um, if you'd like to donate, then you can either... Call us on 9419 8377 or online at 3cr.org.au forward slash donate and there you can pick Living Free or any other program. There's about 124 programs. Take your pick. Um, Okay, Drew, so would you like to give us a quick story about how you, what happened in your life and how you found um, NA? And I like to go back right to the start. When did, when did, 
when were drugs a problem for you? Okay, <clears throat> pardon me. I I started using um, when I was about thirteen or fourteen years old. I was in you know early high school. Um, you know, drugs were around. Drugs were what people did. They're what my friends did. Um, when I when I used for the first time, it completely changed um, the way I thought about myself. Um, it, it was just such an it was an experience that um, I'd never encountered, and it gave me um, it just made life really interesting and um, exciting. Exciting, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, unfortunately, I kept doing that because it felt really good. And after a little while, it didn't take long. Um, when I wasn't using, um, I was I was depressed. I was down. Um, it 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 got it got worse and worse. Um, you know, I was dependent on this drug through through high school, basically. And um, um, you know, other drugs came and went. It didn't really matter what I was using. It's the fact that um, me on my me by myself or you know, I wasn't happy within myself, and I needed—I thought I needed—chemicals um, to, you know, to feel connected, to feel connected to the world, for the world to make sense, for the world to be interesting and exciting. So it gave me—it gave me a, a reason to live, and it gave—it um, just made everything, uh, re- everything really nice, I guess. Um, but it was a lie, you know. It was an illusion. It was fake, um, and it—and it took me away from myself. It, it stopped me growing, um, and like I said, it, it caused massive problems in terms of depression and anxiety. Um, I basically I didn't know about any any twelve uh, step recovery. I didn't know about recovery. I just kept using until um, it got to the stage where I couldn't use anymore, and I went on to different drugs. And um, life went on, and um, drugs were my solution for a long time. And it it basically reached a point where um, I, psychosis started setting in. Um, the depression of not using was was um, w- I was basically in despair when I wasn't using, and I was you know pretty much mad when I was using. So um, I just reached a point where I, I couldn't live with it, and I couldn't live without it. Um, and you know, thankfully, I I discovered recovery. I discovered Narcotics Anonymous, and um, you know, it's been it's been a few years now, and I'm free free of addiction. Um, I'm free of um, um, yeah. I basically I don't use drugs and I don't drink alcohol, and and I'm very happy about it. Like, so, how did you find NA? I was in um, I was in treatment. I went to a rehab. Um, it was a it was a four-week program, and it was a twelve-step rehab. So, yep. fortunately, I had support from family and and friends. I had private health cover, and that enabled me, or it allowed me, to get into into this program. And basically, the the program introduced introduced me to the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, I started going when I was in rehab, and I kept going when I got out of rehab. And I um, I yeah, I'm still going now. 
Okay, thanks. Um, Dave, 12-step programs obviously have 12 steps. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and right. AA was the first one to document the 12 steps. Yes. Um, so do you want to just give us a quick recap quick of recap. What, what it means for people who don't know what the 12 steps okay. are? Okay, well, the first step is... Is uh, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, or and the other fellowships changed that word to powerless over our addiction or powerless over our gambling. But it's about re- recognizing I've got a problem, right? In my case, with alcohol, a problem that I hadn't been able to fix on my own. You know, I was desperately wanting to stop drinking because I knew it was ruining my life, but I couldn't stop and stay stopped. And so that first step is just accepting that I can't do this on my own. I'm going to need some help. Then there's a second step is about believing it's it's possible to recover, okay? And I get that evidence by going to meetings and me- meeting people who've recovered. As I was saying before, I didn't know it was possible to get out from under the rock that I was under, you know, with alcoholism until I met people who'd recovered. And so that, that's that believing it's possible by meeting people who've recovered. And that second step... Uh, is that's what it's about, you know, mm. believing there's a power greater than myself that can help there. And then the, sec- the third step is a decision, a decision to, to take a different path in life, you know, to try and leave a spiritual, lead a spiritual life. You know, the 12-step program is a spiritual program, but it's not a religious program. It's, yeah. you know, it's not a set of rules, but it's a, uh, a program that leads me to a better way of life. So that third step is a decision to take a pretty extraordinary path in life and, and try and live a spiritual life, you know, hand our life well in our lives over to whatever higher power that we've sort of got an idea about. Yep. And then there's a series of things that I need to do to sort of clean up the way that I've been thinking. You know, I take an inventory and I share that with someone that I trust and I become willing to change. I become willing to make amends to people that I've heard in the past. And that's really the, you know, the, the action, the, the real the action part yeah. of, the, yeah. of the program. And, uh, and sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, but we get through that part. And there's, when we do that, there's this change in the way that we're living and thinking. Okay? And, and, and the alcohol, uh, uh, the power of alcohol had over me is not not really there anymore. Yeah, I'm now looking, yeah. Looking, yeah. looking for a different way to live. And then I've got the last three steps, which are 10, 11, 12, about continuing to look at myself on a regular basis, daily basis in step 10. And step 11 is about some prayer and meditation, keeping connected to my higher power and the universe, whatever that is. And then the really most powerful step of all of them is the last one, the 12th step, which is about passing on to the next person what would be what's been given to me so helping that next person is the most powerful step of all and so telling my story and uh, getting that information out there is is part of what i do to for me to stay sober yep yep okay thank you um so yeah we've got a radiothon on uh we'd like to hear your voice or hear the coins um but if you'd like to send us a message then you can you can phone up on Nine four one nine eight three seven seven, or you can go online and donate 3cr.org.au forward slash donate um, so as I mentioned earlier the Radiothon theme this year is fight for your mic and that pretty much sums up uh, living free the show we're all about sharing personal recovery stories of alcoholics gamblers food and drug addicts and their families so remember your support will keep our message of hope on the airwaves um, I'll just do a quick uh, announcement uh, here. Fight for your mic. Fight for your mic. 3CR Radiothon 2018. Fight for your mic. The sound of the weapon called a microphone. 
Bring the revolution on. Broadcasting to the early morning. June 4th to the 17th. Fight for your mic. Rebel music on the dance floor. Tell me what you're fighting for because this DJ gonna keep you alive. Forget about your troubles and your nine to five with the rhythm of the pump. The pump, the pump. Okay. Uh, welcome back to Living Free Show on 3CR, 855 kilohertz on your AM dial and 3CR on digital radio. Uh, podcasts of our show are available on 3cr.org.au forward slash living free and also on iTunes. If you've got a question or comment about the show, then you can call the station on 94198377 or send us an email at 3crlivingfree at gmail.com, Facebook at living, 3CR Living Free and Twitter at 3CR Living Free. Um, as I said, we've got a um, radio on today and we have some gen- very generous donations coming in. Uh, I'll read some out for you. First of all. Uh-huh. Right. Um, first one's uh, anonymous, uh, $50. Anonymous from Surrey Hills. Thank you very much. Uh, Marie C. from Keelor Lodge, uh, $50. Thanks, Marie. Ishita from Clifton Hill, $50. And Annabelle from Ballarat, $50. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, my guests on the studio, in the studio today are David, Yvonne and Drew, and we're raising funds to keep 3CR on the air. Um, 12 step, an essential part of 12 step is volunteering. And basically everybody who signs up to a 12 step program signs up to help other people. And I guess that's what volunteering is all about. Um, and we do this by what, what's often called giving forward, not giving back. Um, and so we're, we're helping the person who's just come into the rooms, um, the person who needs the most help. Although if you've got an addiction, then you need a lot of help for a long time <laughs> to get over yourself. And once you realise that, you can help others. Um, so, Drew, would you like to explain a bit about how NA works? Sure. Um, yeah, basically... Well, through my experience, I, I arrived in NA and there were the reason it worked for me is that there were people there who'd um, had been where I'd been or they'd been in a similar situation or um, <clears throat> actually a lot worse in a lot of cases and they were sitting there with one, two, three years clean, five years clean, 25 years clean um, and these people had had um you know found a new way to live and they hadn't sort of if they'd got clean and then gone off and then lived their lives and and just continued it it wouldn't work there'd be no one there um to carry the message to me so um it's um it's the concept of service um you know people are there see i'm i'm there in na now because i want to keep clean i want to stay clean and the way I stay clean is by helping others stay clean. So it's um, I'm helping myself by helping others, and I'm helping others by helping myself. So when when I um, you know, when I get get over issues in my life, in issues in my day to day life, um, you know, without using drugs, I um, um, you know, I can set an example for people, 
and it's it's exactly the way it was it was it was given to me um you know i i found a sponsor who was who had been around for you know seven or eight years and um you know they they sort of showed me how they got clean and they they still show me how they stay clean and um you know the one of the most um fulfilling things that i've you know that's happened to me in recovery is some people have asked me to sponsor them and i'm you know starting on that journey now helping in helping others and um it's um it gives me um it gives my my life hope and and purpose yeah um, it's a good feeling, isn't yeah, it? it? Yeah, it is. Being useful after not being much use for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, my, my dad was an alcoholic, so I, I got involved in Alan family groups um, uh, quite a while ago. And I didn't realise that my dad's drinking had affected the way I see life, that, that my view of life was tainted by that alcoholic um, environment. And I came to understand that alcoholism is a family illness and that your sort of alcoholism breeds alcoholism and um, and everybody in the family plays a part. And that's, you know, and you don't realise that you're contributing towards the alcoholic behaviour just by your own behaviour. Um, so, Dave, I was wondering if you could share a bit of your AA recovery story with us. Yeah. Um, so... You know, I said before, I drank for 17 years and at last three years was trying to stop and to some extent avoiding AA, but I ended up in a longer-term rehab where part of the rules were I had to go to AA meetings. And uh, it was basically, I was homeless at, by that point. You know, when I was 29, I had a good job, career, you know, family, all of those things, but within you know, five years of that, it was all gone. You know, the, you know, the, the wife left and took the kids. I lost all the money, wasn't able to work homeless i ended up here in this place and keep a roof over my head i had to go to aa meetings <laughs> and uh and that's where i met people who'd recovered people who were who'd been through the same and similar stuff to me and they said this is how they did it this is what they did uh and and the, this important thing of passing it on to the next person so those stories that i heard were this powerful thing that showed me there was another way there's another way that it could that it that I could get well as well. And I, for me, there was a real urgency about it. Uh, I knew if I left that, that long-term rehab and nothing had changed, I'd drink again. I didn't want to, but that was my experience. It happened over and over again. And so they showed me this program and they gave me all the support. Because stopping drinking and any sort of addiction is a really hard thing to do. <laughs> if, it was, if it was easy, there wouldn't be sort of specialist doctors and rehabs and hospitals. There wouldn't be, you know, uh, uh, worldwide fellowships like AA and NA and GA if it wasn't a really hard thing to do. So I needed as much help as I possibly could, you know, professional help and medical help and all those other, other things. But this this powerful thing of this community of recovered people is such a to be part of that is it you know is such a powerful thing, and and the most powerful thing we have is being able to tell our story. So we need that voice, you know, like the theme of your your thing that you know fight for you, Mike. Well, I have a right to get up in an AA meeting and tell my story, and that helps me. But and it also helps the next person who walks walks in the room. And that's what can, that's what showed me, just knowing a few people in recovery increases any person's uh, likelihood of uh, recovery by a huge amount. 
just hearing some stories. And you, I like this show's podcast because mm. you can go back. If you like this show, you, like, you get some identification. Go back and listen to last week's show or the one before. There's a whole lot of people from my home group who've been doing, who've come along and once a month for the last few months. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, and so there's stories from alcoholics and, and from the other, other fellowships as well. And I can hear those powerful stories. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um you don't realise you need to recover until you have a change of attitude, mm. until you have an, an awakening and realise, oh, my God, I've been doing that all that time and I didn't have to. Yeah. You, you realise that you don't have to do this stuff. You don't have to repeat the pattern, but it's only when other people present um, some evidence that you go, yeah, maybe I could try that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's the repeating thing that I really identify with. People talk about this cycle you know, I'd get to a point where my drinking was so bad I'd have to make a decision to stop and I would stop. I'd get some medical help, do a detox. But then come out of that, life would be better whenever I stopped drinking because I'm showing up to work, <laughs> got more money in my pocket, my health's improving, relationships are improving because I don't have to lie and cover things up. But then I'd do a crazy thing and go and pick up again, right? And it would all fall apart again. And that happened over and over for three years until I found a way you know, and met other people who'd been able to get out of that cycle. Yep, thank you. Um Right, right. Uh, so, Yvonne, gambling is a little bit different to the others, as we mentioned before. So, is there any stigma? I'm going to say, alcoholics, have, the stigma's sort of coming down progressively. Mm-hmm. And I think with narcotics, people are realising there's some pretty high, fo- high profile people out there mm-hmm. who are using stuff and, you know, um, getting clean. But is, is gambling, does it have an additional stigma? Look, I, I think it still does. There's a lot of people that enter the rooms and, um, you know, there's that embarrassment. There's that whole, you know, people's thinking in in the greater communities, you know, why don't you just stop? You know, you're not actually ingesting anything similar. You know, you're not taking, not drinking alcohol. You're not taking drugs. Why don't you just stop? And people don't understand the way it works. I mean, all three of the, the main addictions, you know, alcohol, narcotics and and gambling, they're all emo- it's an emotional illness. Yeah. It's it's mm. not that we're taking something we, that we have to ingest something for it to change. It's an emotional illness. Um, it still has this, exactly the same effects on our brains, regardless of whether we drink alcohol, take drugs, or gamble. It's that need for more. It's that need for the next high. It, it's just what we're addicted to. Um, you know, for myself, you know, years ago, you know, Drew was talking about you know doing drugs and. And that sort of thing, and feeling good. When I was younger, it was something that I avoided doing because I knew that if I liked it, I'd be yeah. back for more. Yeah. You know, it was one of those things where I thought, you know, when I started gambling, it was, um, you know, I thought I had the willpower to to say no. You know, it was just to fill in some time. It was a bit of whatever. Um, started out socially, but it gets to a point where you don't. I can't control it. You know, the, our literature tells us there's an invisible line that we cross. It's invisible for a reason. You don't see it. Um, and so, so you go from what you think is control to being totally out of control. Um, but, you know, in, in general in society out there still, um, there is a bit of stigma. You know, it is a bit of um, – it's hidden. You know, we all – you know, it's starting to come out. You know, families are realising that, you know, younger kids are listening to these ads and things and it's not healthy for them and, and you know, there is a wider – as you said before, it affects the whole family. You know, if someone, you know, especially if it's a parent that's that's gambling, I mean, that's money that they're taking away from the family itself. So down the track, yeah, people are losing houses and losing their jobs because they're not concentrating on their work and, and that sort of thing. And so, 
Slowly, slowly we're getting there. Um, but, yeah, at the moment I think it's it's a little bit different. But, um, you know, the, the illness is the same. So um, And the recovery is the same. It's the 12-step program and it's passing yeah. on what was passed on. You know, that's what I was always taught from the moment I walked through the door. It was just, you know, keep passing it on, you know, keep the doors open, you know, take that phone call at three in the morning, you know, talk to people before and after the meeting and all that sort of stuff. And that's what people did for me when I walked through the doors. So, and that's what keeps the fellowship alive. Mm, yeah. Um, thank you. Um, so, Drew, in Narcotics Anonymous, um, I guess how do... How does Narcotics Anonymous get the message out to people? Well, <clears throat> I guess I guess it's probably something that we can do a better job of. Um, like I was, I was using, like I said, for a long time, and and there was towards the end there was there was quite a few years where I um, I wanted to stop, but I didn't. I just didn't know about it. I didn't know the help was out there. Um, Admittedly, I didn't do any research, so I probably could have found Narcotics Anonymous with a few um, quick Google searches. Yeah. But you know, that wasn't <laughs> where my head was at. <laughs> um, you know, I, I had a friend who was in the fellowship maybe ten years before, and um, I remember I can still remember thinking back then, it's like, why would you want to go there? You know, why would you want to stop using drugs? And here I was in this hopeless state of state of hopeless situation um but i didn't think you know drugs weren't my problem it was it was everything else it was was all these yeah Yeah. all these other people i could i could always find something to blame my problems on and it was never drugs don't don't look there um so it um you know i like i said i found it through through treatment i was in rehab and i and i heard about it um and i guess you know word of mouth is the strongest um recruiter for for narcotics anonymous um and you know forums like this, I suppose, um, we we do we are pretty active in you know going out to um, detox centres and rehabs and prisons and um, you know members go out to those places quite regularly and carry the message and just basically say that here we are you know this is this is how Narcotics Anonymous helped me and you know if if you want help it's available so um, and one of the um, um, it's quite important to, to note that, you know, if people want to use drugs, it's their business. But yeah. if they do want to stop, we're, we can help. Yep, that's our business. If you want to, help, if you want, if you want to stop, yeah. That's right. That's people right. can help. <laughs> yep. Okay, we'll have some more um, donations. Okay, um, this one is from Anonymous in Sorrento. Uh, $100. Thank you very much. Uh, Kathy in Hawthorne, $20. Uh, Karen, um, not sure where you're from, Karen, but $20. Thank you. And Kevin from Blackburn, uh, $100. Thank you very much for those guys. And here's a quick announcement as well. Did you know that each donation over $2 you make to 3CR's Radiothon is tax deductible? That means that when you're doing your tax return business, you can claim your 3CR donation as a legitimate tax deduction. To make a pledge to this year's Radiothon, 
call the station on 9419 8377. Okay, uh, now I'll take another song break, and one of my guests is just taking a trip back down memory lane over the, the dragon dragon issue. Um, so you're listening to Living Free on 3CR on digital radio and live streaming on 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming. It's Radiothon, and I've got three guests in the studio from Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, and Gamblers Anonymous. So David, Yvonne, and Drew. Um, they're helping me keep Living Free and 3CR on air, um, and we're talking about the importance of spreading the spreading the word. Um, so, but first off, as it's Radiothon, we'll do another couple of uh, donations. So this time, oh, I suppose we can do the drum roll. Here we go. Uh, we have Joanne from Mount Waverley, fifty dollars. Thank you, Joanne. Uh, anonymous, ten dollars. Peter from Port Melbourne. $50. Thanks, Pete. Much appreciated. And from Jackie Brown, uh, we've got a... From Brunswick, we've got a pledge of $10. Thank you, Jackie. Appreciate your support, too. Uh, so that takes us up, up to around uh, $500. So we, that's, that's halfway to our target. As I said, we, we're talking about recovery... And we're talking about helping other people. But you can't help other people before you've been helped yourself. So, Yvonne, would you like to share a bit of your GA story, your, how you got over your gambling addiction? Sure. Uh, uh, my journey has um, been similar to everyone else's. Walk in the room, sit your ass in a chair and uh, listen um, to other people. It's, you know, For me, it's always been sharing our experience, strength and hope with each other. Um, you know, those strong messages that I got when I first came into the fellowship um, has allowed me to stay gamble-free from the moment I walked in the door. Um, but, you know, as it's been said earlier, it's not something that's easy. It's something you have to do. You know, our fellowships are all about action. Um, you know, it's about doing things and, and helping yourself and then being able to help others. So for me, it's been about, you know, getting into the, the rooms not understanding a thing about the 12 steps um, and just listening to others, um, continually coming back each week, uh, you know, finding a home group that I find very comfortable, as I said earlier, and and then doing other meetings as well. And um, just as time goes, you know, uh, things start to sift through your head and things make a bit more sense and you start to learn a bit about the program and, you know, you talk to others and all that sort of thing. You go to conferences. Uh, you know, for us, we have national conferences and, you know, you're mingling with other um, compulsive gamblers from other groups around the, the country and that sort of thing. Um, you know, for my, my recovery, um, you know, when I first walked into the doors, I was uh, then facing some criminal charges and uh, I did end up in jail. Um, you know, our program talks about... Uh, prison insanity or death uh, are three options. <laughs> uh, prison is where I ended up. Uh, death is something I wanted to occur. I just couldn't go through with it. Um, and insanity is what I was to have done the things I did. You know, I wasn't brought up to be a liar, thief and a cheat. Um, but that's exactly what I did just to continue gambling. And so for me, recovery has been 
trying to just take each day as it comes, um, get through each day. You know, those early days we're, t- we're talking about, you know, breaking it down and just getting through the next 10 minutes or the next hour or whatever it might be. Um, you know, for me, it was about getting involved. Um, I got involved in service work. Once I got out of jail, I went straight back to my meeting the next night and, um, you know, I haven't looked back. It's, um, you know, there's been ups and downs and life is full of them. Um, you know, there's been some struggle times and there's been times where I haven't worked and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And we all go through that. Um, but for me, you know, even today I look back and I'm thankful um, that I have a program in my life. I'm grateful for the life I do have today. Um, it's fairly simple, but it allows me to live an honest life today where, you know, I can do my day's work and earn an honest dollar's pay and, you know, pay my bills and all that sort of stuff that normal people do. You know, when I was gambling, I didn't do any of the normal things. You know, I did everything to escape life and, you know, and that was it. Um, Whereas today it's, you know, being there for others, whether it be my family, my friends, my co-fellowship members, um, you know, it's being there for that new person that walks in the door. It's being there for, for someone who's struggling. They may have been around for a while, but people struggle. You have your ups and downs. You know, life life happens. Um, you know, it can set you back and, and that sort of thing. But it's just being open and honest with each other that we can help each other get through all this stuff. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> uh, I was going to say, oh, yeah, um, Michael, uh, Drew, sorry. Um, I was just wondering, part of um, part of recovery is being self-supporting yourself and then the group and then the organisation. So how, how does that resonate with you, this, this idea that instead of lying and cheating and deceiving, as Yvonne was talking about, which is what do you have to do if you're doing something that isn't socially acceptable? You have to lie and cheat and deceive and even if you're a family member you have to lie and cheat and deceive because you can't tell people on the outside you know what's really happening in in the family so i guess two two things one is being self-supporting yourself and you know as a as a way forward and the other one is did you think of your family and people around you when you were using oh um i did yeah, and I, I thought a lot about how they should leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, um, I was emotionally cut off from, um, from myself and emotionally cut off from everyone around me. So I just thought everyone was hassling me um, and that I needed to do what I had to do and I was going to sort myself out. And, um, you know, if everyone just leaves me alone, <laughs> um, I blamed all my problems on other people like I said, not the drugs. Um, and looking back on it now with, with some clarity, um, you know, it was, it it was tragic what I was doing to, to, to the people that loved me. Um, the thing is, you know, because of the drug I was taking it, 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 it cut me off emotionally and it made me feel like everything was okay. And so it was a real catch 22, um, and when I tried to stop using on a few occasions, the um, the pain of that was was far greater than any other pain I'd known. So I had to keep using. Um, so it's it's really I had to break the needed a circuit breaker, and that was going into rehab. Um, in hindsight, I, I probably I'm pretty sure I would have got clean just by coming to the rooms of NA. Um, I just didn't know about it, you know, yeah. until I got to rehab. Uh, yeah. Um, 
So what's, um, I suppose, the biggest, you know, the, the change, the way I am now is that I'm far less self, um, self-obsessed. Um, I'm, you know, by being active in the fellowship, I'm learning to, um, learning to listen to others and learning to help others. And um, when it's not about me, life is a lot easier. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that's the fundamental shift. Um, and I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not obsessed with, you know, controlling the way I feel with chemicals, um, or seeking other sorts of stimulation, other other, um, you know, other avenues of distraction. Um, I've, I've learned to be okay with myself within myself, and um, um, I suppose, you know, by by focusing on myself and healing myself, I've now got the ability to to help others and to be, you know, uh, hopefully a kind and, and loving, you know, part of my family and, and the community as a whole. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, well, talking about kind and loving, uh, we've had a few more donations come in. Um, so, drum roll. Uh, $50 from Michael P. Thank you, Michael. Much appreciated. Uh, we've had one from Jackie. Uh, Jackie from New York. Jackie, that's $60. Um, that means a, a great deal to me. Uh, also had $50 from Brenda from Patterson Lakes. Uh, $50 from Judith, Judith Ryan from Abbotsford. And we've had $50 from Ken Guthrie at Clifton Hill. So thanks, guys. Uh, we're just about we're heading heading in the right direction. So I think we should be there pretty soon. Uh, I'll just play a little thing about how to pay. Wondering how you pay your donation to the Three CR Radiothon? Well, you can do so online at www.3cr.org.au or call us with your credit card details on 94198377. You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy during office hours and pay by cash, cheque or FPOS. Or simply post your cheque or money order to PO Box 1277 Collingwood 3066 and be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to. Here we go. We're back. I think the other thing that I was going to talk about is that part of sharing the sharing the message is travelling. You've sometimes got to travel great distances to do stuff <laughs> um, to be of use. So, um, Dave, um, I understand you're going to Russia to uh, share the message with um, Mr. Putin, uh, President Putin, and his his friends. Yeah, amazing thing happened just recently. Um, I've been sober in AA for a long time, over twenty four years, and and uh, it's part of what I do to stay sober is to try and help other people and and uh, carry the message. And my wife and I get to travel a little bit, you know. Uh, and I got a call from someone I know in Sydney, an AA member in Sydney, and she'd been in Russia and. They'd, friends of hers in Samara in Russia, Russia had asked 
uh, her to come over and she said, oh, I'll come over if you bring David as well. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, in July, um, we're going over, over there to talk about, because AA isn't particularly, we're lucky here in Australia, uh, AA isn't, uh, well, is, is there in Russia, it's in just about every country in the world. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, AA started in, and 12-step fellowships, you know, started in the US in the 1930s. And it was actually in Australia before it went to the rest of Europe. I think it was in Ireland first, outside of North America. Went to Ireland first, then Australia in 1944. So it's been yeah. in Australia for a long time. Uh, but there are places in the world that haven't heard this message. You know, and uh, so it's a great, it's an amazing thing that, uh, you know, I got, got invited to go to Russia and talk about my recovery to hopefully, hopefully help someone else. And it's, that's the thing about I can go anywhere in the world Right, and go to an AA meeting, and I've got friends that I haven't met yet. Yeah. And I've been to meetings in Beijing and in Thailand and in, in Varanasi and in India and in the US and Canada, all over the place. And I walk into an AA meeting, and I don't know the people, but I know I identify with them, and I go, I, and they, they welcome me, and we identify as someone who's had a problem. We want to help each other stay sober. So it's an amazing thing that that can happen. Yeah, yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> it is, it is, and it's all self-supporting. Right, uh, we don't. You know, AA and other, the other fellowships don't get money from any governments or anyone else. Mm. The whole thing is run by put, by members putting their hand in their own pocket and and keeping AA running ourselves. You know, so mm. you know, that's that part of being self-supporting. We 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 support that ourselves. Not don't take any handouts from anyone. Mm. As a, as an active alcoholic, I was taking from society all the time yeah. and lying and covering up and all those types of things. But now that I'm sober, I have a responsibility to be, you know, to to pay for, give back, yeah. you know, give back, yeah. and 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 make sure that AA is still going, you know. And you can see how that works with all sorts of community community things, you know. Um, if I'm if I want something to to, I want AA to survive and grow, so I've got to contribute to making that happen, you know, as with any sort of community organisation. If I want it to exist, continue to exist, I've got to put in stuff to make that make sure that works. Okay, thank you. Uh, well, listen, we've got some more donations there just flooding in, so thank you very much for um, supporting us. Um, we have um, $10 from Janine in Baronia. Thanks, Janine. Um, we have um, $10 from Sean Lothian. Thank you, Sean. And we've got $50 from Brian Beresford-Smith. Thank you, Brian. I really appreciate that. Um, and that... Just now we're getting very close to the to our target and I've just been given the final one and this one comes from very close to the heart. Sue, Sue from Surrey Hills, thank you very much, $300. That now pushes us up to over $1,100. So I think that's cause for a round of applause by everybody. Whoa. So I guess that's that's really the the whole thing about the show is that we're here primarily to help ourselves stay on the air. Uh, so we've been self-supporting. So if you want to give us some more, we're most grateful if you would. Uh, it all goes to help 3CR broadcast uh, 124 shows a week in 20 languages, including English, and we're 24 by 7. So. And we give voice to people who don't normally have a voice, and that's very important. 
Okay, well, we're coming very close to the end. So um, I think if you're interested in contacting anybody, so for Gamblers Anonymous, you can call them on 9696 or go online at gaaustralia.org.au. AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, 1300 222 or go online at aa.org.au. Narcotics Anonymous, you can call them on 9525 2833 or go online at navic.net.au. And Alan Family Groups, you can call them on 1300 252 or go online at alanon.org.au. Well, that's really all we've got time for today. Uh, I'd like to thank our guests, David, a member of AA, Yvonne, a member of Gambles Anonymous, and Drew, a member of Narcotics Anonymous, for being our guests today. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Thanks, Bill. I'd also like to thank Astrid for joining us and being part of our show and hopefully a big part of our show going forward. I hope you'll be able to join us next week when we'll be talking about recovery from compulsive drinking and we'll be joined by a couple of members of Alcoholics Anonymous. Stay tuned now for Black Noise Radio featuring black news and views, current affairs, sport, culture, music and the arts, all from an Aboriginal woman's perspective. Thank you very much for listening to Living Free show today.